U.S. Senate passed the America Competes Act, moving closer to a state-sponsored technology competition with the People's Republic of China. The Great Translation Campaign tore up CCP's double face on external and internal propaganda. And then featured interviews. California legislators are trying to pass an aggressive slate of new COVID-related bills. Why everyone should be alarmed? Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. All right. So today we'll bring you three topics, and the first one has to do with the, the Senate bill that was just、uh, passed this past、uh, Monday,、uh, but it, it does indicating a long-range imp- impact that most media hasn't even talked about. Yeah, but before we dive into the news, we still wanted to let our viewers know that because of the sensitivity of the third topic, which is the featured interviews. Uh, we will have to do it on safe chat again. So unfortunately, but、uh, actually, I think it's very very important information. Although it is in related to can,、uh, California, but believe it or not, you know it's gonna impact nationwide. So please, you know, if you are interested, wanted to just follow us to safe chat. I know, like Mark left a message from our last show, saying that he's concerned and doesn't wanted to. Uh, register on a new platform, so understand.、Um, but one way you can do it is、uh, just don't register. Just、uh, click on the link and watch it,、uh, watch the live show. But、uh, what we can tell you is,、uh, Safe Chat is nothing like any other、uh, platform, right? So the safety-wise. Yeah, the Safe Chat was launched actually early last year, and、um, right after the election, and.、Uh, I interviewed. I know the founders and their 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 team, and it's really truly a tool growing out of the grassroots. And they've been working on this actually for five years. Okay, it was just you know got launched only early last year, and、uh, it's very reliable. And the 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 team is very dedicated and、um, dedicated to free speech. The free、right? speech. Yes.、So、I think one thing we need to mention is to the the founders, the group,、uh, tech group. Most of them, they do have lived experience under communist regime. Yeah. So that's the reason that、uh, they started this working on this、uh, free speech platform five years ago. Yeah. So yeah,、uh, that's what we can assure you. But of course, you need to make your own decision. As I said, even if you don't want to register on it, you can still click on the link to watch it. But Then you cannot just make comments.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, I think really the information、uh, we're gonna be share with you in this featured interviews. I just personally think it's so much, it's such an important topic. Yeah. So so basically,、uh, in terms of their dedication to the freedom of speech, is unwavering. Unwavering. The reason is they came from you know they come through the communist society and they come to the free world. They are very very determined. This first thing. The second thing is they're gonna persist through. Okay, they're gonna go all the way through until the platform become a major big platform. So that's why I recommended you know them to you, even though it's not probably the、uh, most familiar name you heard from media. Okay, but this is a solid tool, and it is it's just、um, will be there very very solid, and it will be there for a long a long time. So if you 
yeah, I, I, if you install it, I, I think uh, it's trustworthy. It's, it's trustable. It's a trustable tool, and it will bring you the you know true freedom of information. That's why Kathy's story will be presented on the safe chat. And uh, yeah, again, because a, what happened in California, as people know that, right? As California goes, the whole nation goes. So what California happening right now? Although people think they the lot of the restrictions from the COVID is lifted, but the California legislatures actually doing a lot of things that people are not aware of. It could happen in other states as well. So okay. So back to today's uh, main point. The first one has to do with the, what's the implication of the Senate's bill. The second topic we're gonna, we'll be talking about is a very very interesting idea. It's called a great uh, translation campaign. That you never heard of this. What is a great translation campaign? It has a lot to do with our knowing the ongoing truth inside China. You don't need any expert. You don't need any, how to say, in-depth media. You're able to find out, find out what's, what's happening in the People's Republic of China. So important to, how to say, Americans. The third topic is? Yeah, just like I said, the what's going on in California legislatures, they are putting together, trying to pass a slate of very aggressive COVID-19 related legislations. Bills and without a lot of people aware of that, what are the bills? You know, what's the consequence if they are passed, and what's the impact nationwide? So I'm going to bring you the whole story and uh, the observation on this. Uh, two great guests that I interviewed, very insightful. So yeah, please go. You know, follow us on to Safe Chat for this third topic. Mm -hmm. All right, so before we start, please press like and uh, the subscription and the little bell, making sure that, that that's, uh, that's on. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about the, yeah, the first, first topic, okay. It does has, it has to do with the, the Senate's action, and the Senate passed this, um, um, is moving one step closer this week to passing a major legislation, le legislation okay, addressing the comp competitiveness with the PR China, PRC. The American Compet Competes Act passed the Senate and the day before on a vote of 68 to 28. So you, you got easily got the, uh, got the uh, how to say, over 60, it will for sure, uh, it will pass. And it also set the stage for the legislation to be reconciled uh, with the House of Rep Representatives for the final passage. And uh, President Biden has, has you know, indicated that he will be signing on it, okay? And then, so, so, so basically, what, what is it? It's um, initially, okay, last, actually, mid last year, in the June 2021, the act is called the Endless Frontier, okay? Later, Senate gave this name to, it's called the Innovation and the Competition Act. And uh, so that was actually passed uh, last June. And the allocation of the funding is $325 billion. That's a lot of money, mm -hmm. okay? Including $200 billion going to the NSF, National Science Foundation, okay? Strengthening our scientific and uh, technology research, the basic research. The rest of the money, okay, $52 billion will be going to the semiconductor, okay? And then the other will go into the um, supply chain and so on and so forth. And then that, that's, the, that, that's the, you know, uh, last June. And then just, uh, you know, less than, you know, two months ago, in the February 4th, okay, the House of Representative, Representative passed the, uh, their version of the bill, and this time it's uh, $100 billion, 
Okay, they actually they, they cut out the two hundred billion dollars to the NSF and they make that another bill. Okay. So the main what is left is is, is basically the same as the at the Senate bill last year. It's about uh, you know one hundred one hundred billion dollars, and then that's the House and the Senate took that and morphed it a little bit and it just passed us uh, two days ago. All right, now they, they still have some difference, but uh, the breakdown of the funding. Okay, let me just. Um, and iterated to you. The main thing is uh, first, uh, okay, uh, $52 billion on the U.S. semiconductor manufacturer, okay? As of today, 75, 75 of, of the chips that the U.S. use come from Asia, not from this country, all right? So that budget is meant to improve that situation, change that situation. And another $45 billion will be dedicated to resolve the supply chain issue. In the U.S., we don't have a lot of a complete supply chain. We actually supply chains all over the world. This is a part of the uh, globalization, right? So now facing the COVID, facing the national security issue, we found that we have to have the key supply chain within the, you know, the country of the United States. So that $45 billion will be dedicated to that, and all the other money will be dedicated to the key electronic product and also the national defense, and also the key man, uh, the car manufacturer, okay, key car components. That will receive $2 billion, all right? The entire goal is to reduce our dependency upon the product manufactured by the PR, People's Republic of China. All right, so we, we will understand this, right? And uh, I just want to give a little you know, yeah. perspective to that. Yeah, so before that, mm -hmm. I think, you know, if, including myself, I have this question mm -hmm. because in the free market in the United States, usually the tradition is um, not to have the state-sponsored um, such kind of uh, effort, right? Because uh, it's let, you know, government should inter intervene as little as possible into such kind of a technology market or any kind of a market. But now facing the PRC, uh, the Chinese government, they are basically just uh, using its whole nations and the state-sponsored efforts to compete with the United States. That's, I think, why uh, the Congress and Senate are passing these bills. But uh, what would, that, would that be a good direction? What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think um, Kathy's observation is indeed, I think, what, what we should, um, you know, should be aware of. Because after the Second World War, uh, Second World War right, in the 1944, there was this uh, Brandon Woods, uh, Brandon Woods uh, system that was set up, okay? This is after the Second, Second World War, and the U.S., you know, led the ally and uh, win the war. And the U.S. and its economic system is basically all re very much respect. People in their rebuild, okay, the world look up to the U.S. want to learn from it. So the Brandon Wood, um, you know, uh, the Brandon Wood Agreement was set up. That was mainly addressed the monetary issue, okay. So the monetary international monetary system. And after that, there was this um, GRATT, if you still remember, which is the um, you know the the predecessor of the uh, WTO. And finally, after rounds of rounds of rounds of negotiation, the world finally agreed to establish this organization called the World Trade Organization. So what is the World Trade Organization? Essentially, essentially just expand America's free market concept worldwide. 
Okay, so Americans' economic systems built upon the idea of a person. Okay, um, who wrote this? Uh, you know, great book. It's called the Wealth of the Nation. Okay, Adam Smith. Okay, in the in the in the seventeen seventies seventeen sixty seventeen seventy, almost like two hundred fifty years ago.、Mm. Okay, the idea is the government do not get into economy. You maintain the order of the market. You don't get into it, no matter what happened. The free market, the people, the buyer and the seller knows how to, you know, the buyer always know what to, at what price he can sell, and the buyer always know at what price he's willing to pay. Okay, give the freedom to the market, give the freedom to the people who carry out the transaction. You know, that invisible hand will optimize things, and the the, the economy will boom. This is what happened. You know what happened to America since the seventeen eighty nine after we found this.、Uh, You know this、uh, republic. All right. So after about like、um, how to say nearly 180 years ago, after in 1944, the world embraced it. Okay. Then the WTO and the WTO essentially says this, said this: government do not subsidize your industry, do not、uh, stand behind your merchant, let people compete in the market. The best product will win. Okay. We also remove the tariff, and then there's no barrier of trading. The whole world is a market. You produce the best product. You are the most innovative. You win. The idea is a very good one. All right. So why we come to here? Actually, today, you know, this with this one one hundred billion dollars、um, government allocation budget into the semiconductor, okay, into the chip industry, is government jump into it. The very reason is because of the CCP. Since two thousand and one, they joined the WTOs. China's GDP grow by twelve folds, while U.S. grow by sixty percent. Do you notice that? We grow sixty percent since two thousand and one, and China grow by thirteen hundred percent by thirteen folds. Why? Because while everybody is abiding the abide by the rules of the WTO. And the CCP does not. Okay, so they subsidize their industry. They subsidize their company. Essentially, it's a it's a nation against a individual U.S. company. Even though you are really big, you cannot you cannot compete and win against the number two economy in this world. So and then there's all all the other indecent you know just、um, you know fraud and then the stealing the technology and the government coercion and so on and so forth. So through actually、um, fraudulent business practice, they are able to、um, win over the win a lot of、um, how to say business, and、uh, that's why we lose so many jobs. That's why we have this rusty belt in in America. So the Congress is trying to do this. Okay,、um, back then in two thousand and fourteen, China has since then have two rounds of so called Ji Cheng Dian Lu. Okay, semiconductor, semiconductor, big fund. Okay. So government just allocated a large amount of money and enabled the semiconductor company in China to compete with the U.S. and compete with the South Korea and compete with the Taiwan, and then in many cases they win, they won, all right. So now U.S. even though we are the establisher of the free economy, even though we are the founder of the Brandon Wood system, even though we are the founder of the WTO, now we are forced to abandon it. Starting with President Trump, he has to raise the tariff because when he, when he faces a person、um, who does not simply does not play by the rule, 
it's naive for us to keep playing with the rule. So we have to establish the, the trading barrier so that the, the ground will not be too much tilted. So that's the, that's, you know, that's the origin, okay? That's the story of the um, Trump's tariff. Now with this Senate uh, you know, bill, uh, this act allocating basically our taxpayers' money to the semiconductor company so that we can compete with China, all right? So now behind the semiconductor company is a nation's power. That's how we can you know, balance back the competition. So it's something actually very unfortunate that we have to take. Because government money, as you, as you know, as a, you know, as, as a free market person, you know that government money, you know, how do you track it? How do you make sure it's efficient? How do you know it's best to spend? How do you know there's no corruption? That's, it introduces a whole slew of questions. But we don't have a choice, okay? Because with the nation's power, CCP is destroying our company one by one and destroy our industry one by one. So this is our way of counter, counter react, counteract. So I think that's a, you know, that's the right way, right way to you know respond, and uh, this is the right thing we do. But it does it basically, you know, we are basically just uh, how to say disrupt or destroy the very um, free market that we are proud of and they, we want the world to have, all because of the CCP and their practice. I don't know. Does okay. that explain your question? And uh, so that's the situation. Okay, we are we have to resort to. Um, this kind of a behavior in order to balance the field. Otherwise, we're going to keep losing and losing and uh, to an evil, actually, essentially evil empire. Yeah, um, but I think, you know, on the other hand, uh, the United States should be cautioned about, you know, going overboard with that. Right? Yeah, that's always the, you know, with the government money, with the taxpayers' money, okay, how reliable that is. Are we, are we able to watch that closely enough? Yeah, that, just, that's just like, you know, it may not be a perfect analogy like during the COVID the, in order to help with those uh, business mm -hmm. remember the PPP yeah. the uh, pay you know pay payment yeah. protection um, plan actually it was uh, really manipulated by a lot of people and uh, just a huge funds uh, got yeah it's a huge fraud with so, that. so 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 what do you think are you worried Okay, I think Kathy raised a very good question, and I, we have little to answer. Why? Because we don't we don't quite do this, and the U.S. government, federal government, never did this. Okay, and in the last uh, at least five decades, never take money to support certain industry in such a way, in such a scale. So I don't I don't really think we even have the system and experience to track those money. Mm -hmm. So besides besides Rubio is one of the uh, GOP senator who voted against this bill. And let me tell you his word. He said it takes, he's worried about something else. Okay, hear me out and see whether this is, um, his word makes sense. He said uh, it, it, it does, okay, take meaningful steps towards uh, reinvesting our nation's uh, cap capabilities. So there's good things in this bill, but does not build sufficient safeguards to pro protect taxpayer-funded research and industrial investment. And it is because the pressure from the universities and the industry, support of the billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars into the activities that the Chinese are stealing now, except with less money. Yeah, and as uh, I hate CCP made a comment, yeah, this money will go to CCP again. I would say might, 
go to CCP. I would use that word. Just like uh, the PPP, um, you know, the payment paycheck protection plan. There, it was. Uh, I saw you know different investigations at you know not only some domestic um, uh, people in the United States right took advantage of it. A lot of them actually went to uh, Chinese uh, government-backed businesses in the United States. Yeah, billions of dollars. So yeah, you know when government got this money, it really has to be have a very good uh, um, monitoring process yeah. as to so as far as uh, where the money is going to. Right. Yeah, this is exactly Senator Mark Rubio's point. He basically saying that we allocate so much money to the give them to the private business. And uh, where's the watch? If we don't watch it over, either they, you know, they, they squander it, they, they, they just waste it, or CCP come in and steal them all. Steal, right. not, not just steal the money. It may not be steal the money, they steal the technology, the money produced. Okay, because the, Mark Rubio said those universities, those industries, they only per, you know, pursue profit. So the CCP can buy them. Okay, he said that's the threat we're, we're facing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, so again, as you can see, I don't, you know, if you see this thing in the same way as I do, the move is not a good move. Okay, but it's a, it's a reactive move. We have to react to that, and this is, a, you know, the way that we resort to. Yeah, so just because, wonder if there yeah. are any other better ways. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions or any thoughts, please feel free to share with us. I, well, I would really like to see, you know, because there are smart people out there mm -hmm. in the United States and, um, uh, you know, we should, I think the uh, United States should really resort to maybe better solutions. Yeah, but uh, in, in, in the meantime, this, um, yeah, I want <laughs> Okay, so how, how about we go to the next uh, okay, yeah. topic? All right. The Great Translation Campaign. You may wonder, what is this, why it's called the Great Translation Campaign? How does that to do with the, with the China or the United States? Yeah, you know, just in China, you, we, you got this, uh, the, you know, the terminology of a communist nation or a socialist nation, okay, everything's great. Uh, a great leap, right? Mm -hmm. That's the mo most ridiculous campaign that almost destroyed China's uh, um, economy in the, in the late 1950. The great uh, production campaign, okay? This is, uh, again, this CCP's some campaign in the 1940s. They, 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 they are circled, they are circled by the Japanese, so they were doing some, you know, the army will cultivate the land and grow. Yeah, grow, I remember. Yeah, yeah grow the, seeing the movies you know, grow about the that. food, okay. And they grow actually a lot of opium and to sell that for money. They call that a great production campaign. And another one is a great cultural revolution, right, as you can know, as you know. Now there's this new term called a great translation campaign that has a lot to do with us and what it is. Okay, great. So, great translation campaign started in just uh, two months ago. Okay. In the February. Okay. Wow. From from Reddit. Uh, Reddit. On Reddit, there's a few like a Chinese forum. Okay. So one of them was uh, calling for like a, you know, um, CCP. The China has really two face, two faces. Okay. And the one face is, is 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 just facing outside, facing Westerners, facing you guys. Another is just facing its people. All right. And then, okay, the, the mission statement of the, this great ch translation campaign says that um, we do this, we translate everything or the all, most updated things inside China, in Chinese, into English in time, so that the world can see. The Chinese are not as warm, hospitable, hosp 
hospitable and gentle as the big external propaganda shows, but rather they are arrogant, they are populist, and they are unsympathetic. So exactly what does that mean? Okay, in China, we all know there's this two things. One is called external propaganda, 大外宣 Okay, what does that mean? So they allocate so much money, they build.、Um, Basically, they build a good story about China. This is Xi Jinping's original word. Tell a good yeah, story. Tell a good story about China. So, what are they? Okay, bright sides of China, and showing that China is, you know, China is friendly, China is gentle, China is reasonable, China is rational. And、Remember,、uh, there's one show、uh, we shared how they actually use those the Westerners、uh, as the, like the YouTubers,、mm-hmm. right, to tell a good story about China. Remember, there we we have an、yeah. episode on that. Those are a typical case of the external propaganda, and they show that we don't have conflict with the West. China is a very very good world citizen. However, you know, Chinese people in China they don't need to hear this, so they hear a completely different you know narrative. And what are they? It's called internal propaganda. Well, what are they? A few things. First, the party's agenda, the party's rhetoric. U.S. is evil, Japan is bad, and the West is 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 also bad. Okay, and the U.S. always want to subvert, you know, the the, the government of China, and always want to invade China. And Japan, you know, they killed tens of thousands, millions of us, you know, seventy years ago, and they're gonna do it again. Yeah, anything, any opposition. Forces in China are instigated by anti-Chinese forces. Yeah, they basically they they they, they tell Chinese people, this world is very evil. You know, everybody's against us in China. We're very insecure. That's we're very always in the danger. So we have to bind around the party. Okay. So first is the party's agenda. Okay, that's for the the content of the internal propaganda. The second, in order to make those rhetoric. You know, widespread and become a domination. They they have to have this so-called fifty cents army,、mm-hmm. right? A fifty cents army. Basically, w- they are the internet police. Yeah, not just police. Okay, they、yeah. are the internet、uh, masses. They 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 fake as legitimate netizen.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, in China, we don't know the number. There could be a few million of them. Their full-time job is just posing as common citizen and pose their common netizen. Yeah. yeah. Just、uh, you know, just just post comment, and then why are they called fifty cents? Because every post they earn fifty cents, half a dollar. Okay, so basically they flood China's internet with the fake opinions. All right. The third, of course, then is the those misled netizen.、Mm-hmm. Okay, they got fooled. They they got you know brainwashed. They brainwashed. They so they echo the party's agenda. They echo those fifty cents fake opinion. So. Basically, if you look, go to China, you understand Chinese. You go to the net bar, you get the, get it on the internet. You read entirely different things from if you are outside of China. Access China's English website, you read different things. Okay, so the great translation campaign want to eliminate that two double face.、Mm-hmm. They want to translate what's inside China in time, real time, into English, so that the world can see. All、right. Just、uh, starting、yeah. two months ago. Yeah. So, what's the first example? On the day of the Russia invasion of the Ukraine,、um, the Chinese government published a, a song, a video, a song video. It's called Kachosa. You know, it's Kachosa.、Mm-hmm. Kachosa just narrate is a romantic songs for Soviet Red Army soldier and a young Russian girl back in the you know in in, in Soviet、uh, Soviet Union's、uh, 
how to say the World War II. Yeah, or? the World War Two, mm -hmm. and then it, it became so popular at that time that the Soviet Army they they named their you know BM thirteen um, the multi barrel rocket launcher as Kachusa. Kachusa is the name of a girl. I know we had to learn it uh, when we were little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically, so what, what does that mean? At the first day of the, of the invasion, the uh, Chinese government unleashed this uh, romantic, beautiful song of Kota Kachusa. So basically, it's just to beautify the, in, the invasion by the Russia. And then they unleash other, you know, other things like uh, how, um, how much thought the U.S. and NATO has to trigger this war. And also, they just uh, elevate Putin, uh, the president of um, Russia, as the heroic the hero who can challenge the West. All right, so in the meantime, in China, any, any voice against the war are subdued, canceled, and um, you know, basically blocked. Those, that, that's the, so all those things, what happened in China got translated real time. Where? On the Reddit and also on the Twitter. Mm -hmm. okay? The second, in China, the netizen of you know, Chinese people went as far as you know, after the Russian win, we're going to be part of that. We're going to receive and import and taking Ukrainian beautiful ladies, Ukrainian beauties. Mm, that's the rhetoric. That's the rhetoric. Nobody knows those things, right? Because it's all Chinese. It's all inside of the web of China. So when the Great Translation translate that, which reach Ukraine, think mm. about that. Mm -hmm. Ukrainian government become very, very mad, including Ukrainian people. So in the early few days of the war, Chinese government tell its, uh, over, you know, overseas students in Ukraine and the people who work there just to put on the Chinese flag in your car, you can safely travel. Because, you know, Russia is China's ally, Ukraine is friendly with us, so you can safely, you know, just uh, move, to get to mm. Poland. Use the Chinese PRC flag as the passport. After three days, they issue another notice, making sure you don't show you are Chinese, mm. making sure you don't show Chinese, Chinese national flag. Okay. Because the translation reached Ukrainians. They understand how wow they were treating us like this, mm. so that even created you know endangering the safety of the Chinese there, mm. because of those, those rhetoric, rhetoric was translated in time. Okay, the third example is about uh, after the war happened and uh, inside of China, there's a strong instigate. How to say? Yeah, um, just push for having war with Taiwan, taking Taiwan by force. Mm. Again, all those things. Outside of China, English reader, you don't know. But in China, there's this wave of hatred and uh, you know, warmongering type of uh, posting there. Uh, oh, the Great Translation Campaign, which, uh, which is made up of all the volunteers, mainly Chinese-American volunteers. They just translate they, you know, nonstop into wow. English and post on the web. So, so their intention is to really, like, uh help with the spread of the word or make people aware of Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even make that clear. The yeah. idea is to, so that the world can see clearly what's really in China. Mm. Okay, they are not on the same page as of the PRC. Okay. They want the world to know what's really in China. Another example, there was a Ukrainian, a, a, a girl, okay? Mm -hmm. And she's a movie star. Right. She joined the army and she fought and she died, passed away. Oh. And so inside of China, in the Chinese web, they were Chinese, they were just celebrating. Let's, let's open champagne. Russia killed that, 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 I don't want to use, you know, dirty word, kill that lady. Mm -hmm. All right? Nobody know. It's all in Chinese until the great translation, you know, caught up, mm -hmm. caught up, and translate that 
into Ukrainian and into English. And then this is a similar situation to the you know, 911 back in 2001, okay, when the World Trade Center was hit. In China, people were celebrating. What they said in loading Chinese is uh, Americans now finally got what they deserve. Do, do you know that? Yeah, when they saw those almost 3,000 lives just yeah, gone, perished. and uh, that's how they, you know, those people react. Yeah, they were ecstatic. It's a fine, America, America finally got what they deserve. That's what they say. And outside of China, nobody know. President Bush didn't know. And uh, at that time, the, 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 the chairman of the Chinese, Chinese government, they show very sympathetic and things like that. Well, your ally, let's, let's attack those terrorism together, things like that. That's what Bush read at that time. They don't know in China, they were celebrating. So this is the, the other face of China. All right, so finally come to the result. What's the result of this great translation campaign? Okay, per the campaign, okay, they announced this in the um, March 28th, which is uh, two days ago. They said that because of the campaign, a lot of videos and uh, articles in China has been offline. Okay. They dare not put it on, the Chinese, Chinese version, okay. And they including like a, a Chinese, uh, the government's education committee's notice to school to stop the lesson preparation on Russia-Ukraine situation because the education department prepare all the standard, you know, how you can think about this and push that through, you know, in the school system. And those got translated and then they found, wow, that's just exposed their true feeling because in China it's one-sided, it's really just pro-Russia. Well, in the international arena, in the national stage, Chinese government said, mm, we're neutral, we're neutral, right? Okay, and also when the Japanese, in Japan there was a major earthquake hit. Mm -hmm. Just in the March 17th, okay, four people died and, um, you know, a lot of people were, you know, without, without power. Again, inside of China, the net, many netism, they were very, very happy, they were celebrating. Those are offline too. Okay, so a lot of uh, schools stop, um, also issue orders that, that uh, we shall not put things online. All right, so... The campaign said all this is the best encouragement to, to the great translation campaign. And they asked all the volunteers, I don't know how many of them, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands. So keep up the great transportation, a tr great translation campaign's spirit so that the world will hear the voice of China. Yeah, I think you should say hear the voice of CCP. Yeah. So this is what was been happening in China. I, I hope, yeah, basically it's mainly on the Twitter. So if you, I don't know, I, I don't have a, they, they do have a, like a great translation campaign type of account. Okay. You, why don't you search that? If you can find that, you can catch up with what they do. Yeah, I know, you know, people have different views uh, about this uh, Russian-Ukraine war. So it's normal in the West, right? Because it's a free speech environment. But uh, what we, you know, we just showed you is uh, how CCP, they just formulating this type of rhetoric, uh, just instigate hatred against people, and now the great translation movement just exposed that. So I think that's what we wanted to convey. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully they will keep it on, and then you know the Chinese government, the CCP, will never maintain this double face. And uh, because they, they need the internal propaganda so that people f always follow them, right. right? But they need external propaganda so that they can always fool people, fool the, fool the world. Yeah, so it's, it's not a surprise that a long time ago, uh, like uh, over 10 years ago, I saw 
uh, a journalist who worked in Side China, and he she was working in like a Xinhua news agency and CCTV. She she note she put an out a research paper saying in China the media they they had two sets for each event mm -hmm. major event they have two sets of press release yeah one's for inside yeah. of China the other is for the international world yeah can, so they yeah. have been operating like this for, for decades. decades you cannot yeah you cannot even imagine how dishonest the, you know this regime is dishonest dishonesty is there it's in their gene it's in their blood they breathe they breathe that every single day and uh, Okay, okay, now so let's, let's go. Okay, and Andre Ling, you were asking that, uh, do we go to safe chat today? Yes, we do. Yes, yes. We need to do that now. Okay, so next we're going to talk about what's happening in the state of California, you know, which may be a precursor, God forbidden, of the other states in this nation. Yeah, but I think this information I'm going to bring to you, if you are not in, not in California, but watch out. You have to uh, watch out in your state as well. Okay, so uh, yeah, please uh, post the safe safe uh, chat link on the yeah on the chat room so that our people can go there. In the meantime, if you haven't done that, please download the app. And um, again, it's it's safe, it's a solid, and it, it will be always be there. So yeah, thank you, thank you. You can click that. I can go to safe chat. Let's go there together. All right, so that we can speak freely there. All right, one, two, three, three. click. Okay, so um, let's talk about this very important topic. So on February, end of February, California Governor Gavin Newsom announced to lift mask mandates statewide starting March 1st, and you know, this month, as well as other restrictions are taking off. So people thought, oh, we are getting back to normal again, right? Mm -hmm. However, things are brewing on, under their back, uh, behind them, in the state capital. Mm, okay. What's happening? So what's happening? The state legislatures formed a group called the Vaccine Working Group. They, what they claim is they will try to uh, put together and pass a slew, a slate of the bills to boost public health policies. However, you know what are if you listen to what other bills about, what the what these bills will be about, I think you will be very worried. Okay, so and um, how many bills we are talking about? At least eight to ten of them, eight to ten of them. Okay, and uh, so. Um, what what will these bills begin uh, to about? They will be about uh, from like uh, the for the kids uh, to man vaccine mandate for each and every school kids in California, to the employees in California. Okay, no matter you are public or private sectors. So. Um, and then, although these bills are largely not known to the general public in California, but now people are starting to find out and fight back. So just yesterday, one of the bills that would have mandated COVID-19 vaccine for every employees in California was forced to stopped by the author due to public opposition. However, he, she, 
it, it did not say she will just totally pull it. Okay, she will try to negotiate with the unions and uh, um, you know other employers to maybe amend it, still try to get it passed. Okay, so it's a very temporary thing. So. Both, but how, you know, overall, both uh, grassroots organizations, individuals in California, starting to wake up and are now working on the generating public awareness of those bills and to try to defeat those bills. So one of them is the organization called the Unity Project. I got to know them at the People's Convoy the launching event uh, back in February in Southern California, and uh, the. Uh, Unity Project is one of the partnering organizations with the People's Convoy. So yesterday I interviewed the CEO, COO and the director of the Unity Project. Her name is Laura Sextra. She is, uh, has more than 20 years of executive leadership experience in multiple industries. So really, you know, a very successful lady. And, but now she's really devoted to uh, this effort. She also is very active in many volunteering organizations, including the American Red Cross. Laura lives in California, is a very concerned mom. That's what she told me, why she is so devoted to this effort. So here's, uh, without further ado, uh, I will bring you the interview. So I asked Laura to go over the bills, what they do, the consequences if they pass, and why it is critically important for people, not only in California, but in the nationwide, to pay attention and to take actions to such bills. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So yeah, Laura, first of all, can you just give us a brief introduction of the Unity Project? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, so the Unity Project is an organization that was formed out of a need to bring organizations in the state of California together because there are a lot of groups that are fighting against vaccine mandates and in particular vaccine mandates in the pediatric population. So I define pediatric population as anyone under the age of 18. As you know, there is a big push right now. There are quite a few bills that are happening that are on um, the books to be voted on in the state of California and they impact um, parents' right to choose uh, their medical decisions for their children in the state of California. And so we started out with the concept that there were a lot of groups fighting this, but they were doing it in a very disparate way. So we wanted to tie them together uh, and offer the ability to be a conduit of collaboration and communication across the state so that people are speaking in a unified voice. Mm, wow. So uh, you're talking about the bills that... Uh, mm -hmm brewing and that need to be voted in our legislation. What are the bills and the, what's the consequence of such bills if they were to pass? Yes, um, again, thank you so much for the opportunity to do this. I think it's really, really important. There's a lot going on that a lot of people don't know about, but will dramatically impact their ability to live, work, or learn freely in this state. Uh, let's start with uh, SB 871. SB 871 is a bill that to me is just unbelievably shocking. It states that in order for children to attend in-person learning, whether it's private school or public school, they must be vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. And the important part about this particular bill is that there is no language that states it must be um, FDA approved. 
it so essentially they're going to mandate that for people to send their kids to school in person they must be vaccinated with a drug that is experimental um, sb 866 is also equally concerning for parents it lowers the age of, of consent for medical decisions in particular it lowers the age of consent for children to get the COVID 19 vaccine down to 12 years old and to me that is absolutely astonishing um, I, I took my daughter the other day to go get her ears pierced and i had to show my id and sign a document stating that i give authorization for her to get her ears pierced but the state of california is now saying that should this law pass or this bill pass that she would be able to go and engage in medical decisions that could alter her life forever or potentially end her life. Because as we know, there, the risk-benefit analysis when it comes to these vaccines and um, the, the, the risk of the virus, that it's just it just doesn't add up. There's so there's all risk and no benefit with these vaccines in the pediatric population. Um, SB920, again, equally concerning. This authorizes the medical board to inspect a doctor's office and medical records without a patient's consent. That's a known fact. That's a direct violation of HIPAA regulations. Uh, but so, so SB 920 is incredibly scary. Okay, so you may be curious about what's a HIPAA regulation that uh, Laura referred to. That's the uh, national standard established by the Department of Health and the Human Service to protect individuals' medical records and other individually identifi identifiable health information. So these HIPAA rules require that uh, appropriate safeguards to protect the privacy of protected uh, health information and the sets limits and the conditions on the uses and the disclosures that may be made of such information without an individual's authorization. So it's on the uh, HHS website. So then uh, I ask uh, Laura, to, let's hear from Laura about other bills. SB 1464, so SB 1464, require, would require that law enforcement enforce public health guidelines or lose their funding. That to me um, is so almost unbelievable and dystopian if you think about that so what that would essentially mean is that if you choose to send your child to school without vaccinating them because you're exercising your parental rights to informed medical decisions on behalf of your children the police could actually come and knock on your door and you will be subject to legal and criminal liability as a result um, SB 1479 would require that schools create a long-term testing plan, which also seems very out of balance because if we believe in the efficacy of the vaccine, why would you need to continue testing? But we also now know, it's a, it's a widely known fact, even the CDC is admitting that if you are vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine, you can acquire and still transmit the virus. But the disturbing part of SB 1479 is that the school would be uh, required to report any testing results to the California Department of Health. One would have to question, why are they building a database um, of these results? It seems very concerning. Uh, SB 1390 might be, in my opinion, probably the most frightening of all of them. This prohibits any person or entity from making a statement uh, that the government deems untrue or misleading by any means, including intent uh, with regard to the COVID-19 uh, virus and in particular the response to the virus. 
that to me is just an incredible violation, totally trampling on multiple um, amendments, in particular the First Amendment of the Constitution. Okay, so in this bill, SB 1390, uh, once the government deems it's a harmful content, then the social media has to report it and, uh, you know, there's consequences. So actually, the harmful contents in this bill not only refers to the vaccines, okay, it also includes, quote, false or misleading information regarding elections and conspiracy theories, end quote. Okay, so that's also included in this definition of harmful content. The bill also requires that the social media platform to track each complaint in a database and to share this database with an uh, attorney general. If the attorney general sent a notice to the social media platform, you know, to ask them to censor such kind of uh, the user, you know, the, the words, then if the social, plat social media platform does not act upon with the, within 24 hours, then it's deemed violation and they will uh, be posted civil penalties, okay? So, yeah, that, let's continue with uh, more bills. And then SB 1797 creates an immunization tracking record. And we've all talked about this, right? This is, this is in my opinion, kind of the first step of a social, uh, social tracking system. So you then be, can bucket people based on, you know, are they vaccinated or are they not vaccinated? And then, uh, you know, you can start to see that if, if all of these bills should pass, if we live in an environment where... Uh, you can no longer make medical decisions on behalf of yourself or your children, and you're subject to regulations by law um, because, of, because of what you're saying or what your intent or what you're thinking is. Um, can you imagine now they're, they're wanting to create a system where they can track whether or not you're vac vaccinated? And, that, and to me, that's the first step in tracking even, even more aspects of your life. And then lastly, AB 1993, this is the one also that is, that is deeply concerning, I think, for every single American. Um, you will no longer be able to work in the state of California in any capacity if you're not vaccinated. AB 1993 states that um, you, if you're an employee, whether you're a W-2 employee or an independent contractor, you will be required to prove your vaccine status. And that would mean even if you're, let's say that you're a business owner and you formed a corporation, you're technically an employee of that corporation. So you therefore would be required by law should AB 1993 pass to prove your vaccine status. If you're an Uber driver, you would have to prove your vaccine status. Uh, if, you're, if you're an Amazon driver, so and the list goes on. Um, so in any capacity, if you work in the state of California and this bill passes, you will be required to prove your vaccine status. So even so. the private businesses, even the employer decides do not want to have employees to provide vaccine passport, they still have to? That is correct. If AB 1993 passes, by law, they will have to provide to the state of California a list of their employees and the vaccine status of every one of those employees. And if they do not, they will be subject to fines and penalties. So they're going to make it impossible for anyone in the state of California to engage in any form of commerce without being vaccinated. It's quite shocking. Okay, so as I mentioned before, this bill, 
SB 1993, uh, the author, uh, who is uh, the Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks of uh, Oakland, she announced yesterday she's postponing uh, this bill, and uh, which in originally it, this bill is scheduled for hearing today. So she said in a statement, quote, lower COVID case rates give me a chance to work with the employee, employers and the labor unions to address concerns raised by the bill. So even the unions are uh, opposing the bill, but uh, you know, she didn't give it up totally. So actually I called his, her office uh, as a you know, media person, but they asked me, are you opposing it or supporting it? So I just said, you know, totally oppose it. All right, so another bill was not mentioned by Laura. It's a AB 2098 would reclassify the sharing of COVID-19, quote, misinformation by doctors and the surgeons as unprofessional conduct that would result in disciplinary action by the board, medical board. All right. So in California, people, you know, largely are not aware of such bills uh, could be passed. So why is that? How people can get more information and what they can do if they are concerned? Of them, for people, uh, a lot of our audience, you know, in the Chinese community, it would sound very familiar because it's very much like what happens in China. So right now, you know, after uh, a couple of weeks ago, the mandate kind of starting to came down in California and the people starting to feel that they are getting back to the normal life. So why these coming out again? Right. Well, I think it was a diversionary tactic. I think that by them um, to doing away with the mask mandates, it was the it was giving them a, the ability to have everyone um, exactly what you said, have that feeling like everything's going back to normal. When in reality, behind closed doors, uh, without the public's knowledge, they're creating all of these incredible, uh, horrific and dangerous bills. And to your point, very much like what's happening in other countries that don't have the luxury of having uh, the greatest, freest republic ever known, in my opinion, to mankind and, and being guided by the Constitution of the United States, as well as the state of California Constitution. These, every one of these bills are in direct violation of not only the state of California Constitution, but also the federal Constitution. It's critically important that people are aware of this and that we stop what's going on. And for people, you know, our audience who are not in California, uh, why do you, how do you think, should they care about this? That's an excellent question. Thank you so much for that. Yes, I think that every person who lives in the United States of America should be concerned, completely troubled by these bills. The, you know, there's a saying that, that as, as the California of the United States, you know, that California typically tends to be the sphere. And so... That, that we have the state that typically generates the worst legislation. Uh, but they should, everyone should be concerned because, again, this could happen very easily in any other state. And as I was saying, this is not just a violation of the California Constitution. This is a violation of the federal Constitution of the United States of America, and that impacts every American citizen. Yeah, so you mentioned how on your website, the Unity Project actually putting together a campaign. So how does uh, individuals 
uh, can get involved and uh, how I think people would uh, ask you know would that work would that work I think it will work so what we've done is we put together a campaign and we try to make make it as easy as possible for people that want to get involved. We encourage them to go uh, to the take action page on unityproject.com and there will be a link that says register to become a volunteer. Once you register, you'll get uh, talking points and uh, FAQs as well as other really important information about these bills. And then you'll be given the opportunity to order flyers and door hangers. And the way that we do that is you enter your information. We are working with a company and the company will package, will print, package and ship overnight to any volunteer flyers and door hangers. And people who are really comfortable and want to go out and speak to the, the community, we highly encourage that. Uh, but also, if you're someone that just wants to get involved, but you're not comfortable going out and speaking, the reason that we've created door hangers is that you could take them and canvas your neighborhoods and just hang them on the front door of people's houses um, and, and the, let the let the flyers kind of do the work at that point. So, uh, and again, we have them in multiple languages. And I do think this is be very impactful. We expect to have thousands of volunteers across the state of California. We already have um, at least a thousand volunteers that are out canvassing. And we expect that to increase exponentially as the word gets out. And the more people are talking about this, the more awareness we create, uh, the more opportunity people will have to then express opposition to their elected officials. And if elected officials realize that the citizens, their constituents are not in support of this. And should they choose to move forward with passing these bills, that it will be reflected when it comes to uh, the polling season and, and, and voting time. Yeah, so Laura, for yourself, you know, yeah, I saw your background as uh, executive directors, you know, in companies. So why by you, yourself, you get involved in the, uh, this effort? Uh, well, I'm an American citizen. I'm, I'm a, a very proud American citizen. I have always lived in the state of California. I love this state. And I'm, a, um, in particular, as a parent, I was deeply, deeply concerned by what I was seeing on the horizon. And um, the thought of the state coming in and taking away my ability to make decisions on behalf of my, ch my children um, that's just unacceptable. So I made the decision that, I, you know, I had two choices. One, I could sit by and let the government make these choices for me, or I could get actively involved. And it's just always been my personality rather than sitting on the sidelines, I'm going to get involved and, and help make a change. And I think that that's actually kind of the spirit of what America's for, right? Every, every one of us has the ability to impact and affect a change in the tree. And I think we are so fortunate to have that right and that ability. There are a lot of, uh, of countries and civilizations across not only this country during present day, but also across history where we have seen many people being oppressed, rights taken away. And in this country, we have always had the opportunity and the great fortune citizens to be actively involved and to be able to affect a change and control what's happening in this country. And so um, I felt an overwhelming obligation to get involved. Laura, anything, anything else you would like to say to our audience? Thank you so much for having me. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for supporting 
uh, freedom in this state and in this country. And I would just highly encourage everyone, if you do anything else, please look up these bills. Go to youthproject.com. We have them laid out in, in a very format for one to, to look at and to understand. And if nothing else, speak to everyone that you know about these bills. At the very least, let's educate the citizens in this state about the bills so they can make their own decision about whether or not these are important um, and whether or not they want to live in a state where they no longer have medical freedom, they no longer have the, the freedom to move about freely, and they no longer have the right to exist without uh, taking a vaccine that does not in any way add to public health and safety, and in particular in the pediatric population, poses great risks. Again, I would just highly encourage everyone to go look up these bills and educate as many people as possible about them. All right. Thank you, Laura, for coming on and uh, share all the information with our audience. Thank you so much. I keep up the good work. We really appreciate it. Um, and if there's ever anything else that you need, feel free to reach out to the Unity Project. Wonderful. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. All right, so uh, that's Laura. I know we already kind of out times, yeah. uh, usually it's one hour, but I think I really would like to share with you another interview uh, because we are, while we're on this project, um, we heard from Laura, she's very typical um, American mom, right? And uh, another, the next guest, uh, Lee Dundas, she's a human rights lawyer also living in California, but Lee has a very unique background. Uh, as I interviewed her at the People's Convoy, I came to know that she, uh, her grandparents were from Poland. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she knows, uh, she has a very deep understanding of the communist uh, regime. And uh, so that's why, uh, so when I asked her to interpret, interpret her understanding of those bills, coming out of the California legislatures, she gave, you know, some kind of insights. I think it's very interesting, you know, very helpful to our audience, I think. So Lee Dundas, she has a, a nonprofit, Freedom Fighter Nation. And uh, so I started the interview with Lee with the question again, in California, people just thought uh, it's going back to normal when the governor announced an end to the mask mandates and other restrictions. So why uh, then, you know, this uh, legislatures are trying to do so many bills to having so much restriction on people's freedom. So what's Lee's take on it? For there, um, like Martin Niemöller said in his poem, you know, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. And then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I am not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out. So that is a very haunting poem that was written by a Lutheran pastor at the end of World War II or during World War II. And I think it rings as true today as it did then. Martin Luther King Jr. summed it up quite well when he said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So my firm recommendation, if you're living in California, or even if you are not, get yourself off the couch, get to the state, because this is where the front lines of the battle are being drawn, and get yourself in the fight. We need to fight these bad bills down, because 
we can't be living in a in a pre-Nazi Germany state where certain businesses are not allowed to operate because they haven't put a gold star in their window or because they did put a gold star in the window or whatever the, the analogy would be here. We can't be allowing the equivalent of child soldiers in California in the medical context, which is to say you're going to allow everybody over the age of sixth grade who's still getting timeouts and demerits in junior high school to suddenly be in charge of their own medical uh, you know, freedoms and, and courses of business at the doctor's office. Um, we've got similar issues across the board. They're, they've got a, a bill that's pending that says the health department can just come into your doctor's personal private files and your personal private medical file and look at it in reference to vaccines. And you don't have a right to say no, and neither does the doctor have a right to say no. Um, these are very, 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 very problematic bills, um, and they need to be fought. And, and there's another one, and I'll just wrap up with this. Um, there's another one that basically says if you go against the government government narrative, um, you know, you, you've done wrong, you know, and there's penalties for it. I'm sorry, at what point did we become China or North Korea? Or, or Nazi Germany, every totalitarian society, every communist country has begun their slide into total tyranny with taking away the right to free speech. The right to free speech was not given to us by our forefathers because you and I might want to disagree with each other. In the main, the right to free speech was granted to the average American Joe and Molly so that we could criticize the government. Not so we could criticize each other, but to protect the rights of the minority the minority narrative, the minority voice, the powerless, disenfranchised, vulnerable citizen to stand on equal ground with the doctor and the lawyer and the politician and the president and say, you're wrong. And the day we lose that right, I would say we are starting to lose America herself. So we need to fight these bad bills and we need to do it yesterday. And we need to do it not doing the same things we've done, which is going to Sacramento and knocking on the legislators' doors and begging them to vote it down because that doesn't work. They, they play dirty pool up there. They rig the Senate committees so the hearings have enough votes on them to get them through. And then we're a super blue majority and they bribe and blackmail, I'm guessing, uh, their way to victory in this state. And, and that's just got to stop. You know, the, the court of public opinion is where we're going to win this. There are plenty of millionaires and billionaires in the state of 40 million people who want to stay doing business here, who don't want to rabbit to Texas like Elon Musk did. And what you need to start doing is funding TV ads from Tijuana to Oregon that are calling these legislators out for their forthright Nazi programs. Because let me tell you, when we do that, it works. That's how we got rid of the digital vaccine passport in Orange County. We did a Holocaust survivor TV commercial. The lady explained this was the beginning of how Hitler started hunting her people, and she spent time in a concentration camp. So the Defamation League and the ACLU didn't call her a Nazi for talking about the Holocaust because she actually lived through it. And when that TV ad started airing every single hour, 30 seconds, at 4 p.m., 5 p.m., all the way through midnight, every single day, and the Board of Supervisors in my county had to go home and put their feet up on the, on the armchair and, and, and eat their TV dinner with their wife going, wow, you're looking like the Fourth Reich, baby. That is what got rid of that bad plan in this county. L.A. County decided they were going to do it. And they said, what should we do? And I said, use the TV commercial. Go raise. It, it cost us a quarter million dollars. Go raise the money and run the TV commercial. 
And they didn't. They raised $10,000, they had a rally, and now they have a passport system in place. So there's things that work and there's things that don't work. And for the life of me, I don't know why we are specializing in doing the same thing over and over again in California and expecting a different result. That is the definition of insanity. We need to do what works, quit doing what doesn't work. And uh, if you want to know more, contact me uh, at 714-594-9702 or send me an email, l-e-i-g-h dot e-s-q at gmail.com. Yeah, so you, yeah, Leo mentioned about those uh, millionaires, billionaires who wants to do business in, in California. What do you think? Are they doing anything to these bills? Because it's going to affect them. Yeah, I mean, I think the people who were previously on the couch are starting to feel the heat under their own behind and and they're, they're getting in the game. Um, better late than never, you know, in my humble estimation, all of us should have been in the game a long time ago. Um, but people have their own times where they wake up and their own times, you know, you first you plant a seed and then you water it and then the guy has the realization and then after he has the realization, he has to toy with doing something with that realization and getting active with it. Oh, am I going to go to a rally? Am I going to write a check? Am I, am I going to educate myself some more? Am I going to start talking to people when I'm at church and at the PTA meeting? Everybody has this ramp up between not knowing and knowing and being fully active. And so it's easy for me on a week like this week to be really frustrated with the people who haven't woken up or are starting to wake up but aren't fully active yet. But we all went through that same trajectory. Um, but I will say that what needs to happen is we need to be waking up quicker and faster, like as if a bomb were going off outside your building. You know, if a bomb went off in California right now and a foreign power were bombing us, everybody would be off their couch and running around figuring out what they needed to do next. The problem is we're, we're in a war that doesn't have bombs going off. So we need to be as uh, motivated and as active and working as hard 19 hours a day and taking all of our resources as we would in an actual real war and deploying those. But right now, because nobody's hearing bombs going off, they're sitting here going, well, I'm just going to go to church and then go to brunch with my parents and take my kid to school tomorrow morning and go to work. And 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 fine, that's fine, but it's not fine because you're going to be living in a FEMA camp before you can say FEMA and your legal tender that is sitting in your bank, you're going to be burning as tinder to keep warm over over a bonfire because you now, as Carl uh, Klaus Schwab would say, own nothing and are happy about it. There's a trend uh, I noticed in those uh, legislations is that they will uh, put you know go th uh, put through some bill which seems not so harmful, but later uh, the future bill will base on those bills that passed. Right, and the, but yeah. those bills are more strict, and the more like uh, people, it's more obvious. So, yes. yeah, do you think? What do you think? Like, are they intentionally do that, or you know? For, yes. You know? Yeah, it, it's a gradient, and they take away your freedom little by little, and they slow boil the frog until he's boiled, and he didn't even know the water was getting hotter underneath him. Right. So, in 2015, we had Senate Bill SB 277. That was Senator Pan's first big bill at the behest of pharma. Uh, Senator Pan is their lackey, right? Pharmaceutical giants find senators that will be their mouthpiece, um, and that's who it is in California. And um, SB 277 basically got rid of religious and personal belief exemptions to uh, vaccination requirements in, in grade school and high school. So previously, if you wanted to send your kid to school in California, and we have a constitutional right to send our children to school in California, it's in our state constitution, um, and you didn't, you know, didn't want your kid to have a vaccine because they'd already had a bad reaction to their last vaccine. 
he just said, I have a personal belief against this or a religious exemption, you know, a, a belief religious wise that I shouldn't be doing this. And that was sufficient. With SB 277, that got rid of the personal belief exemptions, right? And he said, Senator Penn lied. He said during those hearings, oh, we're not coming for the medical exemptions. You know, little kids that have had an allergic response, you know, to their MMR vaccine, like they do the peanuts or penicillin and they're allergic to it, we're going to allow those to exist. Well, he lied. He lied. And so in 2019, he came back with Senate Bill 276 that sought to do away with medical exemptions. Now, this is a problem because when you inject a vaccine, um, the pharmaceutical giants have an insert that is literally like Santa's list when you unfold it. And it has teeny tiny font and it's you know, way long. It's as long as my arm, right? And uh, front and back printed, a tiny font, seven point, six point font. And some lawyer has written that, some lawyer like me. And they've gone through and they've listed every side effect that Merck or Pfizer or Moderna or whoever it is knows could happen from that vaccine. And, uh, and the fact of the matter is pharma knows that X percent of children and individuals injected with this substance are going to have an allergic reaction, just like they do with a diabetes medication, just like they do with penicillin, just like they do with Tylenol. Plenty of people are allergic to, to penicillin, to peanuts. We don't make them eat what they're allergic to, duh. And if a, if a doctor tries to force you to get another penicillin shot after your first penicillin shot, that's not practice. If you suddenly throw an anaphylactic shock and, and die, his family is going to sue you, that doctor, and be like, you knew this guy was allergic to penicillin. His throat swelled up and closed shut the first time you injected him a year ago. Why'd you hit him a second time with the same shot when you darn well knew he was allergic to it? You killed him. That is how this works in every other context except vaccines. In vaccines in California, if you hit a kid with an MMR vaccine and they have an allergic reaction or their spinal cord swells up, like Josh Coleman's son, Otto, had happened, and he's now paralyzed, and paralysis is a known side effect of these childhood vaccinations. Now, be exempt. you're not exempt, and the doctor can't even write an exemption because Senator Pan got rid of medical exemptions unless you were one of the lucky ones who had your throat closed shut or, uh, or your, your brain swelling. Well, if your throat closed shut or you had brain swelling, you may well have died. So your kid's not going to need an exemption because he's already six feet under. For all the rest of them, spinal cord swelling, that's a legitimate reaction. This kid, Josh Coleman said, is paralyzed from the reaction to his DTAP vaccine. But under the law that Senator Pan got passed in 2019, spinal cord swelling doesn't count. It's not the right kind of, of allergic reaction for a doctor to now be able to write a medical exemption. So that child now either has to get a second shot and the thing that almost killed him the first time and actually die, or lose his right to go to school because no doctor in California can actually write a medical exemption for that child. So yes, this is how they do it. They start pulling away your rights a little bit here, a little bit there. We're not going to let you breathe. We're not going to go let you go outside without a mask. We're not going to let you go into businesses without a mask. You have to go through the drive through window. And then pretty soon you can't go up to the window at all because you are the wrong population. You're a Jew or you're black or you're unvaccinated. And then eventually they make you live in a certain area because you pose a risk. You know, you, you're a dirty, a dirty Jew, you're a rat, you're subhuman. They use dehumanizing a terminology to describe you. Why? Because when you think of the other person as subhuman, as a rat, as a cockroach, like they said in Rwanda about the Tutsi, it's easier to kill them at the end of the day. It's easier to treat them like crap, pardon my French. 
And but eventually the people believe it. Like, oh, the Jews are dirty. We need to put them in a camp so they can't give us typhoid and these diseases. Or the black people, they can't share public bathrooms. They're gonna give us diseases if they if they drink out of the water fountain and they sit on our toilet seats. Does this sound familiar to anybody who didn't sleep through their World War II history class? Because it should. We've been here before, we've done this before. And we said we would never do this again. Separate isn't equal. You don't take these people and make them live in camps. You don't make them show paperwork in order to be part of commerce. You don't restrict their children from going to school. You don't close their churches. And when you find yourselves in an area where they are doing this, you are on a bullet train to Auschwitz. Okay, let's stop yeah, here. It really sounds familiar to okay. me, you know, stop of, here, of what happened in China. All right, so um, yeah, there are more contents uh, with the Lee's interview, but uh, it's getting late. So we'll, you know, uh, we will post it as a separate episode for tomorrow. So if you're interested in, uh, interested in, you know, learning more what Lee said, shared, um, you're very welcome to get back to our channel, The Wayne Cathy Show on Safe Chat. So, yeah, why it's important, yeah, another thing, do you remember many of the blue states, right, they announced the lifting of those mandates almost all together, right? Mm -hmm. So now what's happening in California, people are starting to realize, wow, in the back, they, behind people's back, they are doing, you know, all those uh, legislatures, uh, legislations and bills. So what could happen in other states? Could they be doing the same thing? We don't know, but I think people should be check alarmed. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, should check them out. Yeah, it's just amazing. Okay, just come to your door, doorstep, doorstep without you realizing it. You think the times is quiet, the time is good, but it just came to us. All right, be alert, please. Um, let's be be alert and uh, be vigilant. All right, so that's all for you know, tonight. And uh, yeah, we'll be posting more videos on the safe chat and so that I can see, as you can, you understand that we cannot post this on YouTube, okay? Yeah. That, that will just, um, yeah, that, that will just hurt, hurt, hurt the video and we may not be, even be able to show you later. Um, all right, again, thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah, and thank again, you for being with us yeah. again. And uh, so take care. And share the video, please, if you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. all right. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.